Hello there. Welcome into another episode of P. Witty's World. It is Monday, September 4th, Labor Day. Hope everybody is enjoying a nice long weekend. And let's be honest, what is there not to enjoy? Just had our first weekend of college football, which a uh, huge fan of college football, obviously. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Conference uh, realignment expansion yet again. And also want to touch on the health situation of Mitch McConnell and really how that is playing out as I wrap things up today. But as I mentioned, uh, welcome in P. Witty's world. Please give us a follow on all the social media outlets on X, Instagram, and Facebook. P. Witty's world is the handle. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in yet again. So first weekend of college football, a lot going on here. Uh, Puts up some gambling picks on Saturday morning. Didn't do too well with those picks. Went one and two. Had Tennessee and Virginia on the over. Uh, had Old Dominion plus 16, and they lost by 21. And then also had uh, West Virginia plus 21, and they got smoked at Penn State. But, you know, being an SEC guy, first want to touch on a few of the SEC games over the weekend. Most notably the one that started on Thursday with Florida and Utah. What a debacle for the Florida Gators. Uh, this program, uh, just the up and down uh, nature and inconsistency since Steve, Steve Spurrier essentially left, uh, just continues to rear its ugly head with a short hiatus with the uh, first few years of Urban Meyer when they were able to win a national title and threaten for a national title, what seemed like every year. But this team looks nothing like that. Uh, I like Billy Napier. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good guy, but they did not look like a very well-coached football team the other night. Uh, had their opportunities early, got down inside the red zone, went, was going to go for it on fourth and one, jump off sides, miss a field goal. And from there on out, it was just kind of a train wreck. Uh, did a lot of things that uh, Florida fans are going to look at and not be very happy with because they did just not come off as being a very prepared football team. And they also have a brutal schedule, so I don't think things are going to get much better for Florida. It is just a matter of time before they put uh, Napier on a hotter seat than perhaps he's already on. He's just a Vanderbilt loss at home away from possibly getting fired in just year two. Not that I think he deserves that, but I do think it's interesting. You know, you see these coaches all the time uh, that come from what we'd call, you know, a basketball term would be a mid-major program. Uh, They step up and get to a school. They have success. They step up and get to a school that has infinitely more resources, a bigger fan base, NIL money. And for whatever reason, they are just not able to get the job done. And you see it, uh, you know, more often than not. And in this age of instant gratification, these coaches just don't last very long. So I was really high on the Billy Napier hire when Florida made it. And now here we are, you know, roughly, let's see, 14 games into it. And uh, that fan base is getting ready to explode. Uh, big test for them coming up in a few weeks against Tennessee. I believe that game is in Gainesville. Uh, he's probably going to have to pull one of those games out to keep the Wolves at bay. Certainly Florida won't fire him after just two years, but we will see. Uh, you know, it's still utterly shocking to me that Dan Mullen didn't have more success at Florida. But here we are. 
and uh, a very poor performance against Utah and a rough schedule coming up. So it could be uh, rough sledding, rough sledding ahead for the Napier regime in Florida. Probably the story of the weekend in college football, stepping outside the ACC for a minute, was Colorado beating TCU. Uh, I had a three-game parlay. I had two overs, and I took the under in the Colorado game because the over-under jumped from like 59 on Friday night to 64.5. And I saw that, and I was like, that's too big a jump. Usually the the numbers are right on the money uh, when you uh, take into account what the odds makers have put. The total usually falls right around that. Well, it didn't there. Uh, Poor decision by me. If I would have just gone with the over, I would have been in great shape and hit a nice three-game parlay, but I didn't. But uh, primetime son going off as the quarterback of Colorado, obviously making a big-time statement. Uh, It's going to be entertaining to watch to see how that plays out. One game obviously doesn't make a career, but great momentum for Colorado in a situation that a lot of people thought was probably a little gimmicky. Uh, But – Looks like primetime might be able to coach. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Now, I mentioned the overs. I'll tell you what, a lot of games I looked at this weekend, the overs hit. Uh, And I don't know what you can really attribute that to. Obviously, week one, I never learned my lesson. Betting on the lines on week one is always tough because you really don't know how teams are going to come out, especially in this age of the transfer portal and NIL and all these different things that are in play. Uh, these teams undergo significant makeovers every year. And you just really don't know what to expect in week one. A lot of teams get off to slow starts and then turn it on. Tennessee on Saturday, obviously not a great first half. Still had, I believe, a 17-3 lead. I was sitting there, sitting on the over, thinking like, well, this could be trouble. But once they got it going, they got it going. Uh, Alabama, slow start against MTSU, ends up winning 56-7. Lots of schools. Kentucky down seven to three early so you know you really don't know how these things are going to play out but I would be interested to see I tried to google and find it how many games actually hit the over in this first weekend and just off the top of my head I bet it was at least 70 percent of them now as things move forward in terms of gambling you'll be able to get a little bit better feel for uh, these teams in weeks two three four also a lot of it plays into how does their schedule line up who's on deck next how did they play last week how are teams going to bounce back? You don't have any of that in week one. It's kind of the same thing with the bowl season. The bowl season is an anomaly because you never had that much time to practice between a game, and you go into the bowl season with opt-outs and things like that, and, and bowl games are just really, really tough to handicap and get a feel for. So maybe next year I'll do a better job, won't lose as much money on opening weekend. But, uh, listen, I'm not. Uh, it's not setting me back or anything. Don't gamble what you don't have, kids. So if that's something you want to get into – uh, make sure that you can afford to lose because uh, it could probably get out of hand for some of you, so don't do that. Also, the SEC versus the ACC, pretty good weekend. Pretty good weekend for the ACC. Uh, North Carolina takes care of business against South Carolina, and then last night, Florida State, good Lord, all over LSU, 45-21. Did not see that coming. Brian Kelly said they were going to whoop up on Florida State. Obviously, it did not play out. One of my other preseason bets was for LSU to win over nine and a half games. That looks uh, like that's probably in some danger now because obviously starting week one off with a loss, they're gonna, they got a tough schedule uh, because they play in the SEC, going to have to play Alabama. Uh, some other tough matchups sprinkled in there. 
Um, so they basically got to go 10-1 and one the rest of the way to get that. Uh, not impossible. They did improve significantly last year, but uh, also not looking too likely now as they dropped a game that uh, I thought they would personally get. I thought the revenge factor would play into that, and uh, it didn't. So the ACC, pretty good weekend. On Friday, they uh, voted to expand the conference. So Cal and Stanford are now going to be in the ACC along with SMU. Uh, It kind of blows my mind a little bit. I think for the ACC to hold it together, that was probably the best move. Uh, They get a whole new television market with Dallas. And then on the West Coast, obviously Cal and Stanford are national brands, brands that people are familiar with. They will bring in that Bay Area TV market and probably uh, other parts of the California market as well, which is really great for the ACC and ESPN. ESPN now will have a little bit of a West Coast presence. As you watch all these new TV lineups that are being thrown out there this week, it seems like the Big Ten probably has the best package. They've got uh, Fox They've got a primetime game on NBC, and they've got the uh, afternoon slot on CBS, which let's all be honest with ourselves. It's extremely weird to hear that CBS music crank up and then watch Indiana and Ohio State play. And and even Northwestern and Rutgers, they put that in the, like, 11 o'clock spot on a Sunday yesterday. Uh, SEC relegated to the ESPN package and also some uh, primetime ABC games. I don't think it's really going to hurt the SEC too much overall, uh, but you, you got to give the Big Ten some credit here, which is something I don't like to do, but they uh, they have a pretty nice television package that is shaped up for them. Not going to take up too much time today, but did want to touch on one political thing. Mitch McConnell has another episode last week where he just kind of freezes up on camera. Uh, his medical issues are pretty well documented at this point. He had a concussion. They're saying, well, these are just part of the concussion symptoms. But if you watch these clips of him freezing up, it's a little scary. Uh, obviously, older guy does not look to be in great health. And now you have just political posturing over the Mitch McConnell versus Joe Biden situation. So the only person that has really come out and said Mitch McConnell's fine and they don't have a problem with him staying in office is Joe Biden. But what else can Joe Biden really say at this point? Biden is not in great health himself. If he comes out and he's critical of Mitch McConnell, well, then people are just going to point back at him. You have people within the Republican Party, including presidential candidates, that say Mitch McConnell should step down. But here's the reality. There is no way that Mitch McConnell is going to step down. He was elected again in 2020. His term will not be up until 2026. If he steps down, the governor of Kentucky is the one who is responsible for appointing a replacement to fulfill the rest of that term. The governor of Kentucky is Andy Bashir. He was actually up for election this November. He was elected in 2019 and is up for re-election this year, 2023, in November. And he has been really noncommittal on who he would put forth if McConnell was unable to serve. And that's a smart move by him because if he comes out and says he's going to appoint a Democrat, it could potentially hurt his reelection bid. He currently has an eight-point lead in the state of Kentucky. So he has a pretty strong lead with just a couple of months to go in that race, roughly just two months, about 60 days until that election will be held. So Andy Bashir is doing what he can politically to make sure that he doesn't mess up his reelection campaign. But uh, Mitch McConnell will probably try and stick it out because a loss, a Republican loss in the Senate right now 
is really, really significant in terms of the balance of power. I don't see a scenario where McConnell can step down, Kentucky can appoint a Democrat, where the Republicans could still possibly take back the Senate in 2024. There will be roughly 33 seats up for election as they elect one-third of the Senate every two years. And uh, for the Republicans to overtake the Senate is going to be difficult anyway. But if McConnell steps down and a Democratic replacement is put in, it's going to be virtually impossible. So it's just interesting to see how this is playing out. Obviously, everything gets politicized these days. Uh, So the people that are critical of Joe Biden's health, Republican or Democrat or independent, are also going to be extremely critical of McConnell, whereas... If you're going to be critical of McConnell, you know, then you got to you got to be critical of Biden. So it's an issue that a lot of Democrats are going to steer away from. I still don't think there's any way that Joe Biden ends up running. I'm hoping we can move on from Trump and Biden and get two legitimate candidates that will do what they can to make the decisions that are best for the people. And uh you know, just give us somebody that is going to try and bring some kind of harmony and some kind of compromise to our federal political system. I'll tell you this, uh, like I did on the last podcast, you need to look into the No Labels Project. If you are legitimately fed up, and I don't know how you couldn't be fed up if you're a Republican or a Democrat with the potential of a Trump versus Biden election, I think everybody should be fed up with that, but you need to look into the No Labels Project. I think it could be a very positive thing. We haven't had a legitimate third-party candidate since 1992. A lot of people forget spring of 1992, Ross Perot actually led in the polls. He was polling at 34%. Bill Clinton polling just a shade under that at, I believe, 33 And then George H.W. Bush right behind there. Now, if uh, Perot would have uh, not... If he wouldn't have backed out of the election and then backed in, you know, he flip-flopped. He came out and said, I'm out, and then he came back and said, I'm in. Uh, Ross Perot, an intriguing character, by the way. I still remember the Sunday nights where he'd rent out airtime on the networks and have pie graphs in that room with the fire burning in the background. He would tell everybody how he was going to fix the economy. Uh, He was a really intriguing candidate. But if he doesn't run, if he just stays out of the election, you know, he doesn't play the role of spoiler uh, because he really took – a significant amount of votes away from George H.W. Bush. And I still contend that George H.W. Bush probably wins that election if Ross Perot never, ever gets involved. But uh, just some revisionist history there for you. It would be nice to see a third-party candidate that could do some damage. The Democrats want nothing to do with this no-labels project because I think they realize it's going to take votes away from Joe Biden because a lot of people that voted for Biden were voting against Trump in 2020, and those people might be more inclined. Remember, about 40% of American citizens consider themselves to be independents. I think if a no-labels candidate could come in and poll at 15 20%, I think it's going to have a bigger hit on the Democratic Party than it is the Republican Party, thus possibly spoiling it for Joe Biden and helping elect Donald Trump, which is not really the outcome I think any of us are looking for. But nonetheless, I think it's good to start supporting something outside the mainstream 
maybe a party that wants to start giving us term limits. You know, you had term limits in Congress, we wouldn't be in this McConnell situation. I say two terms for senators, six terms for House of Representatives. Your max time in either house would be 12 years. Then if you want to go serve in the other house, whatever, go for it. It's no guarantee. But eventually we're going to have to start making some decisions that bring us together as a country and um, just do something for the benefit of the people. So that's all I have today. Hope you guys have had a great weekend. I will be back sometime probably later this week. Hopefully I've got some free time, you know, school year setting in. Free time is hard to come by. Basketball season just eight weeks away, which is outstanding. A lot to look forward to. So please share this podcast all you can. Subscribe. Give me a five-star review, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please follow me on social media, X, Facebook, Instagram. The handle is PWitty's World. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you guys soon. Just right.